This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, well, today is a really special episode. It's a very special day. It's a special day. Uh, For one thing, it is our Pledge Drive episode. Yes, so that means uh, later in the show, we're going to pause to to ask you to give us money. But it's going to be so fun. It's going to be, yeah, like you've never never been like solicited for donations like this before. Never. Uh, Stay stay tuned. Not since last year. But what's really fun and unfortunately you guys can't see this we can only tell you about it which is kind of how most things on this show work. I mean we but... could post a, a picture Abby could take a picture of well, us. So we are recording this on. Be sure and get the red shoes. We are recording this on our corporate retreat. You know we don't have a, a, all of our recording studio acoustic stuff here. Right. But what we do have is <laughs> Is a bunk bed, and we're on the bottom bunk. We're cozied up. Yeah, we've made a we've made a fort. Yeah, and and I think the acoustics are not terrible down here. No, I think I think we sound luscious. I feel luscious. Yeah, if you Molly were going to actually wearing some, some red shoes that look like if she tapped them together, she would go home to Kansas. Yes, yes. You know how you can get like you can go on like the Nike website or the Vans website and get like custom shoes for like twenty bucks more than the non custom yep. color ones that's what I did. I got myself like these retro high tops that are completely red suede. Okay, everybody. I thought thought you stole them from like the uh, the film and television museum. Wow. Thank you. Matthew, if you were going to sleep in this bunk bed, would you be on the top or the bottom? Oh, that's a good question. I think I I think I like a top bunk. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to read into it. I'm Uh, just going to leave it there. Oh, you don't you don't think like top bunk people and bottom bunk people have like different kinks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a switch, really. Like I could be bunk a top switch. or a bottom bunk okay. person. Yeah, but I think I would choose bottom bunk in this. Okay, bed. well then we would yeah. get along great. Cool. Okay, should we explain the format of today's show? Because it's not a an ordinary like one topic show. No, this is the furthest thing from ordinary. Now, if you've been to either our online live show or one of our actual in person live shows, you may have seen us seen us do this format. It's very innovative. It's disruptive. Go on. Um, it's uh, <laughs> what's it? Th- visionary. 
would you say? It is revolutionary. It's revolutionary. It's called the Spilled Milk Lightning Round. Yes. And the way that we have done this is, so one of the things that we always do on our Spilled Milk Corporate Retreat is we go through our list of episode ideas that we have accumulated over the year or years, and we cull them according to, you know, uh, our, our mood Yes, it's very, it's very uh, arbitrary, capricious is the word I was looking for. Yeah, But what we've done that's special this time is we have taken all the episode ideas that we are not going to use for a full episode. Right. And we are combining them and producer Abby has written each episode idea that we've discarded on a little slip of paper, folded them up and put them in a bowl. And the way it's going to work here is producer Abby, who is sitting across the room from Mm -hmm. us, uh, is going to pull the topic name out of the bowl and give us three minutes Yep. To go wild on that topic. We're going to cover, I believe, 10 topics. Oh, I didn't know we were expected to go wild. Go wild. Okay. That's right. And uh, I feel and like if so, I go too wild, I'm going to hit my head on the top bunk. Is there anything I left out? I don't I don't think so. I feel like also last time we spent a long time explaining this very simple concept. Shh. Matthew gets very impatient when I explain the jokes. But no, no, as no. everybody knows, jokes are best when they're explained. I mean, is it, you think our you think our visionary format is a joke? I do. Producer Abby, hit us. Oh my god, I just just now it hit me that we actually have to talk about these things. I know. I know. <laughs> I was sort of imagining someone else was going to do it. Yeah. All right, fresh pasta, three minutes. All right, when I was uh, when I was like young and eager and didn't have kids yet, I uh, we had a pasta maker and we would like roll out fresh pasta. It was very frustrating. It would always stick to the rollers. <laughs> you know, I feel like a pasta a pasta roller is like the number one thing that people register for when they get married yeah. and never use. Yeah, like, uh, like, even more than like a bread machine or an espresso machine, the the pasta roller. Yeah, it was worse than never used. Like I used it probably ten times, but it defeated me. Yeah, like I just never got to the point where I felt confident with it. You know, I've only made fresh pasta a couple of times, but my greatest memory of fresh pasta is from Oklahoma City, where okay. all my greatest memories live. I mean, it's really the birthplace of fresh pasta. It's true. <laughs> there was a place. This I think is, I read that on Wikipedia. There's a place in the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> it was on May Avenue. It was called Pasta Pizzazz. Oh, I thought, wasn't there a place called like Linguinis or something? Uh, there was a place, oh, well, anyway, this uh, okay. was in a strip mall right near Ted's Escondido for all our Oklahoma City listeners. Okay. There was a, like a, a frozen yogurt place called Whirla Whip. That oh, was, I like, love that. Revolutionary. And then in the same strip mall was Pasta Pizzazz. And my parents were so excited about this. And I oh, remember yes. getting fresh pasta from Pasta Pizzazz because pasta in general was seemed like a new thing. Then. Yeah, of course. And then sometimes I would get to go to Whirl a Whip and have Froyo, basically. All I can think of when you say Whirl a Whip is like a, amuse, a dangerous amusement park ride it, that it makes does, kids puke. It does seem that way. Like, <laughs> I think it, like, it, <laughs> it instantly delivers whiplash. <laughs> Whirl a Whip. <laughs> Guaranteed whiplash. Yeah, or it does seem. It also seems like it could be some sort of sex toy. A whirl of whip. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I also remember when Pasta and Company opened in Seattle, yes. or maybe not when it opened, but like it was around, like around the time Watzel and I first moved to Seattle. And I have to say Watzel because I don't have time to say wife of the show Lori <laughs> in the lightning round. Pasta and Company's fresh pasta is really good. There used to be one on Capitol Hill that we would go to. Go to. We would get the uh, like fettuccine or linguine and the matracina sauce. <laughs> We're talking so fast right now. <laughs> it's I'm, it's I a can't lightning believe round. the three minutes isn't up yet. God, this is long. How much more, Abby? I won't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yep. 
Remember that that was the rule last time. Oh God. Okay. Uh... No, it's, it's just great. We can stretch out. We can we can like take it slow. We Fresh can... pasta is really good, but I want to eat it in a restaurant. I don't want to cook it at home. Yeah. I just feel like even if I buy it and cook it at home, it's like. I always slightly overcook it. I mean, it's it cooks so quickly. Right. I, I want somebody else to make it for me, preferably a professional. I think my favorite fresh pasta shape is lasagna. Like that's the thing yes. that I really want to be yes. made with with like a, a supple. This is the longest supple pasta three sheet. minutes I've ever. <laughs> but I've ever oh God, woo! Lobster. Oh. All right. Lobster. Lobster. Number one, I just want to thank whoever the listener was who suggested this as a topic because I love that they thought we had enough to say about lobster that we could fill a whole episode. So, okay, I haven't cooked lobster in a long time, but I have done it several times. Well, you're talking a lot slower now. This is great. <laughs> okay, did I did I like go like off the off the wrong back to the shallow I end too far? Haven't cooked <laughs> lobster. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, when Teenager of the Show December was little, they liked uh, lobster meat. Like, how did I discover this? Um, I don't know. Like, I bought a lobster. You know what it was? I was writing a book about cooking with kids, and I was like, I need material. Yeah. So, so I went to University Seafood and Poultry, and I bought a couple of lobsters and brought them home and boiled them and made lobster rolls, and they were really tasty. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I did not do a good job of taking the lobster out of the shell. I think I cut myself. It's very difficult. Okay, so I've lived in Seattle now for 20 years. You've lived here for more than 25 years. Yeah. Lobster just is not a seafood that we eat a lot of right. here, right? Because it's, it's not from this coast. So my main memories are Maine also memories. I get yeah, it. Yeah, from Maine. No, uh, I remember my dad taking a business trip to Boston or something, mm-hmm. like for the American Radium Society or one of those <laughs> organizations he belonged to. This sure. is a real thing. No, I believe you. The American Radium Society. No, he was he was one of those people who like painted the the hands of the watches. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, uh, he brought home a cooler of lobsters, live ones. Oh, wow. And then let them crawl around on the kitchen floor. And I think this is something that dads like used yeah. to do a lot. Or like the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. They'd bring home, you know, they'd, they'd bring live animals enclosed in a small container for many hours and then let them crawl around in the house to terrorize their children. What other animals did your dad bring home this way? Only lobster. Okay. But cuz I once went on a business trip to Boston and what I brought back home was a story of me eating a lobster roll. That seems better. Anyway, I do remember my dad cooking the lobster. My dad loved lobster. And he was a lobster man. He was a lobster man. I just, uh, it's lovely. It's lovely, but I prefer <laughs> Dungeness crab. There's something about the meatiness of lobster that, that almost turns me off a little bit. It's yeah. so meaty. I, I love that. I do like a lobster roll is definitely my favorite way to, to eat lobster. Um, I like both the, the mayo kind, uh, even though I don't usually like mayo and like, I don't, I feel like it's called like Connecticut style or something. All right. Duck. Wow, uh, we're going like premium. It's premium meats hour. It this is our like premium like delicacies episode. Okay. Uh, fresh what was pasta, the, what was lobster. Oh, yeah, fresh pasta, lobster, And now we've duck. got duck. So when this topic came up for discussion yesterday in our staff meeting, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, no. 
because I have never cooked duck. I never think to cook duck. Occasionally, back in the day when I was a restaurant co-owner and would get invited to fancy dinners and things, sure. whenever I was served duck, I was always very pleased. I mean, there's nothing quite so wonderful as a well-cooked duck breast. Oh, yeah. Where like you've got that cap of fat that's like melting and then like a crispy little layer on the outside yeah. and then this beautiful like- Rosy. They always, rosy, always describe just rosy red meat. I mean, it is delicious. I never cook it and I never think to order it. Okay. I cook duck sometimes. So I love cooking duck legs. I think they've just got such richness, such meatiness, such depth of flavor. And when I first started buying them, I think the first time I bought them was to make a recipe that I saw in the New York Times. I I feel like it might have been like, uh, you know, that Italian chef that we don't talk about anymore. That guy. Um, and uh, it was like a like a duck ragu. So I think, you, he, I think it was an Italian American chef. Italian American chef. Thank you. Anymore. There we go. And uh, so it was a like a, a duck ragu. So you like braise these duck legs and like turn them into a pasta sauce. It was so good. I think at the time I was paying three ninety nine a pound for duck legs are at you University serious? Seafood and Poultry. They are not sold at that price anymore. Yeah, how much is a duck leg now? I don't know. It's it's got to be like twelve dollars okay. a pound, right? Okay. More. There's something about, you know, I don't, I, I have whatever it is about the human brain that enables us to eat meat without thinking about where it comes from. Sure. But there's something about ducks that, that just feels more real to me. Okay. I really know how to bring an episode down. No, okay. So I'll, <laughs> so, so like sometimes I'll, like, we, we could talk about duck confit. Like, oh, I mean, we, yeah. we did on the Beaster You've done like some cassoulet situations? I have, yeah. Like a couple times I've ordered the cassoulet kit from uh, D'Artagnan. Which comes with a, with a duck leg or duck confit, Several, right? Yeah. Okay. But also like just, just like crisping up some duck confit in the oven, like there's kind of nothing better than that. I've never had that. Yeah. And it's, I've like, never had it. It requires no skill of any kind because it comes already, like like making duck confit requires a lot of skill, but buying it and reheating it does not. You know what I do appreciate is duck fat, like duck yes. fat fries. I have some in my fridge right now. Roasted duck fat, roasted potatoes. Yes. Oh. It, that is like, there is no better way to do a potato <sighs> than with duck fat. There we go. I wonder what kind of uh, expensive yeah, uh, next, you know, like and rarefied truffles. topic we're going to hit on next. Poutine. Oh, oh, good. We're swinging in the other direction now. Poutine. Yeah, street food. I, well, I think a poutine is street food. Do yeah. you eat it on the street? I think I think you might, might like find it on the street, <laughs> like discarded, <laughs> or, or or like like vomited up. Um, oh God, Matthew, <laughs> drinking food. There we go. Right. Drinking food. I think of it as drinking food. Okay, so poutine. do you want to define it for listeners who don't know? Poutine. It's a is a Canadian delicacy originating in Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, and it consists of French fries with gravy and cheese curds. That's right. I have only ever eaten it in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. My friend Claire, who used to live in Vancouver, took me out for poutine. And it's not my thing. But I don't love gravy. And I'm fascinated that you do really enjoy poutine. Because I remember recently having a conversation with you about the French fries at Dick's in mm-hmm. Seattle, which is a local chain that like it brags about how it starts from fresh potatoes to make their fries. Yeah. I think Dick's fries are delicious. Yeah. But they're I don't always like really soggy. They're always super soggy. Now, th- poutine fries, 
are like sog waiting to happen. I'm so glad you I brought this up. I can't handle it. Because I think there's a difference between a fry that was born soggy and a crispy fry that you have made soggy by applying gravy to Oof. it. I mean, it's, I agree. There is a difference. It's like, I there mean, it's like, like, a, like a tempura udon. If you if you got some like perfectly crispy fried tempura yes. and then you and then you like dunk it into your udon broth and it gets soggy, yes. that's different from like if it was like you know badly cooked tempura to start with. I agree, but I also don't like what ha- like I I don't like tempura after it's been like sitting in in broth for a while. Okay, but like so poutine, I don't. I, you're right. I'm not really a gravy person either. There's no other context in which I'm like, give me that gravy. I mean, except except like when I'm asking for my paycheck, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. me that gravy, boss. I gotta <laughs> I gotta like go wow. buy some luxury ingredients. You sound like uh, wow. You sound like you're really good at writing dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah. For for like a gangster movie. You're like, yeah. boss, give me that gravy. Give me that gravy, boss. <laughs> this, these are Canadian gangsters oh, like demanding okay. their poutine. Give me um, that gravy, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Matthew. Okay. So anyway, how do you feel? How do the cheese curds fit in texturally? Um, well, they get like a little bit melty, but because they're curds, they also, they also kind of hold their shape. Like, I don't know how this, this dish originated and and we don't have time to research it because like the buzzer's going to go off soon. But do you ever make it? I've never made it. Like the th- one thing I like about, like when you go to a poutinery is that you can choose from like a jillion different toppings. And yeah. that, like, even though like I probably am going to get something close to an original, I still, that, that really appeals to me. Yeah. That, no, that is nice. Ooh, that was a tidy one. We finished that right at the buzzer. Yeah. Fairground food. Okay. Oh, fairground food. So, wow. Matthew, this uh, is so interesting that we went like, like, you know, the height of luxury. Yeah. Now to, we're down at fairground food. Right. So I have only been to the state fair once uh, in my adulthood, and the only thing I had was a nutty bar, which what sounded really bar? good. I think that was what it was called. It was like a, 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 a rectangular puck of ice cream on a stick okay. covered in chocolate and yeah. nuts, and it looked really good, but the ice cream, like what it really needed was the ice cream from a Klondike bar, oh, and what yes. it had instead was something akin to like ice milk, mm, yeah. but I loved the idea of that. I remember as a kid always wanting funnel cake. Sure. Funnel cake, I think, is a brilliant invention. I think it's a I brilliant invention. I don't actually want to eat it. I just want to watch it being made. How is funnel cake different from elephant ears? Totally different. Really? Very different texture. Is uh, an elephant ear like a dough? An elephant ear is a dough that's rolled out and you're just like frying, basically frying like a pizza crust. Okay. I mean, it's okay. a richer dough than you would use for a pizza crust. I love elephant ears. Absolutely my favorite fairground thing. Give me the original cinnamon oh, sugar. Oh, maybe, maybe I would like that better. Because the thing with funnel cake is it, it kind of melts to nothing. Like there's like yeah. nothing in your mouth. I don't think I've ever tried any of the like famously fried, you know, thing, like you can't believe what we're frying now types of types okay. of things like, you know, fried pat of butter or, or fried Snickers bar or like, you know, I guess those things are associated with both like chip shops in like a Scotland, especially, and also state fairs in the U.S., fried what, Oreo. What do you get at the state fair? Okay. Elephant deer. I'm going to like get like a hot dog or something. Oh, yeah. Something you got to like have that. a hot dog. Um, at the Puyallup Fair in Washington, they're famous for a scone. Have you had this? What? Have you had this? Back no. me up on the, Wow. I've nobody, never heard of 
this. I'm, is there anyone else in this room who can back me up on this scone thing? Wait, yeah. the Puyallup, like the Washington State Fair yeah, like is famous over, for a scone? Yeah, and also, also like just to just to alienate everyone, wow, do I hate going to the State Fair. I had oh to my do God, it a few times it. when my kid was small. I'm just like, after 10 minutes, I'm like, get me the fuck I, out of I, here. I've only done it once in, in adulthood. And like, it was on like a just blacktop. Oh, and God. I was like searing myself. Oh, that's so much worse. Oh, it was terrible. Okay. I, I take back everything I, had to I said. St- I had to stop and buy a sun hat. I'm like that kind of person. Yeah. Oh, wow. I No, I would not have stayed at the blacktop fairground. Well, I don't know what part of the fair I was at. I was at this part where it was just walking around on blacktop. This was Puyallup. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did, I don't did, know either. Did you terrible. see like a like some uh, like music act that plays at the state fair, like Sawyer Brown or uh, like... <laughs> No. I, I don't know who's another. <laughs> Wasn't there a guy named Sawyer in Lost? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was it was it was that guy's it band. Was that, guy. <laughs> that guy. What about um Drive Shaft? <laughs> you all everybody? Yes. You all everybody. everybody. You're welcome everybody. Now you're going to have that stuck in your for the rest of your life. Oh, we're back up in the the high echelons. Clotted cream. Clotted cream. So, I I don't think I've ever gone out for tea in like the, you know, oh. going to the Empress in Victoria or going to the Queen Mary or Queen Anne tea room or right. whatever the heck is in Seattle. I think I've probably maybe been offered clotted cream once or twice with scones <laughs> you, elsewhere. You said that in a way like like you were offered like cocaine. But I just don't know why I'd want that. Is it kind of like ultra chunky creme fraiche. It's not chunky. It's not chunky, I know. It's like, but how's it different from creme fraiche? Um, I think it's thicker, but I mean, creme, creme fraiche can like, can has like a, a range of textures That's that it right. can have, right? That's right. I think it's closely related. I, I've i been out for a fancy afternoon tea a couple of times. I've been to the, the Regent Hotel in Bangkok. They do a wonderful oh. afternoon tea. <gasps> I have been to the Empress once. Okay. Um, yeah, I like I don't I've never bought clotted cream, but I enjoyed putting it on my scone. I think of of Watzel. Again, we can't say her full name. We don't have don't time. Have time. Um uh, Watzel, I think of as being someone who would make scones and make sure to buy clotted cream to have with them. You know, that does sound like her and yet and and she does make scones sometimes, but I don't think I think we've been gifted clotted cream. I hate when people use gift as a verb but it is one of my biggest pet peeves i'm here to put it out there guys if any of you if any of you guys are my students and you're listening to this episode stop doing that i hate it but it but it like serves an important purpose i don't like it whatever we were given but that's just say we were given but that's that's more ambiguous like we were we were were given it as a gift we were given a jar of clotted cream by but a like, friend. What? So what? What do I say if I want to, want to make sure that you know that it was that it was given as a gift just, rather just than like a hand a me down? We received some clotted cream as a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's 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 long winded, but I cannot stand. I was gifted. No, it, it just no. <laughs> I gifted her a no. All right, let's uh, let's have the let's have the listeners weigh in on this. I hate it. <laughs> wow, what? It truly bothers me. Can you of, tell? But like of all of the words that have come up in this in this segment, it's gifted that bothers you and not clotted. <laughs> well, I like 
I like. I think that blood clotting is a useful thing for it to do. I agree. I okay, mean, we're in now the right we're, place. Now we're back on the same yes, page. We're right. both in favor of clotting and against hemophilia. There we go. Uh, but I'm not in favor of like throwing a clot. What does that mean? Oh, like if you have. Oh, I can't yep. talk we'll never about it. There we go. <laughs> okay, carry on. Oh, I've just killed Matthew. <laughs> I had coffee before the episode, and oh, I never this drink is amazing. coffee. Phew. All right, let's wow. take a break from that. Uh, okay, Matthew, it's our annual pledge drive. Yes, we only do this once a year, and uh, I don't know about you, but it's my favorite time of year. Oh, mine too. I mean, it, it's both of our birthdays. Right. Yep, that's right. And you know what I want for my birthday? I want the, the loving and fiduciary financial support from our listeners. Oh, fiduciary. It that's not, like that's not what like that word from means. The Ford Foundation. Or... I am from, I'm here no, from the Ford uh... Foundation <laughs> to ask you for your support. Anyway, no, no, no. Okay. So what we're trying to say is, so this is an independent comedy podcast. Yes. We're not a member of any network. We're not under any corporate umbrella. Spotify didn't give us a million dollars to be exclusive to Spotify. In fact, no, no. they didn't give us any dollars. But what I do want to say is that, you know, we have had opportunities to join networks and things like that. And we've chosen not to because we wanted to keep this show, our show and your show. We wanted to do with it what we know you, yeah. our listener, already really enjoy. And that is really only possible when we are our own bosses. Yeah. And uh, so that is why we ask you to donate. You know, we do run ads on the show, but honestly, not very many. And that's not a big source of income for the show by any means. Mm -hmm. Most of our salaries producer Abby's salary 100% mm -hmm. uh, comes from your donations. Sure. Uh, and the, all of our like back end, all of our, you know, hosting and things like that. Yeah, we're uh, working on finally uh, improving the website so that you will there will be a page for each episode and you'll be able to get the show notes and uh, and the transcript there. We should mention that something that we've begun doing, I think just in the past year, right? Or the I past think it's been long, years. like a couple years now. Yeah, is that for every episode, there is a a transcript. It we pay a computer service to uh, to transcribe episodes for us so that they are more accessible to everybody. Yeah, but on the other hand, like we don't want you to think about like you know this. Here's a here's a, like an itemized list of uh, like the stuff you're paying for, and we're gonna and we're gonna like you know invoice you for it. You know the reason to support uh, your favorite podcast is the same reason you support like uh, any of your favorite organizations because it feels Cause, good cause to I do like, it. I like their music because because you like their music like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which which organization? I thought you were going to say your your favorite artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no. I, I had the joke all queued up, and it didn't work out. <laughs> no, no, no. That that's why that's why I, I donate to um, let's K U O W K U O W because because uh, you like their music. I, I like their music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I donate to Planned Parenthood because I love their music. Yeah. No, these are like some of the best songs are put out by Planned Parenthood. The K K U O W. Like I love the morning edition theme song. Yeah, that, oh, that's what I'm paying for. That is fantastic. So, you know, the bottom line is we love making this show for you and your contributions help us be able to continue doing that in a way that is sustainable. sustainable. 
Yeah. So, you know. I'm here for the Ford Foundation, which probably, what is the Ford Foundation? I don't know. It gives money to Probably something involving sustainability, right? Mm, Sure. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the different ways that people can contribute to the show. Yeah. Let's put it this way. We're not going to get one of those genius grants ever. The only genius grant we're going to get is coming from from your five, ten, and twenty dollar donations. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so let's talk about this. There are three tiers of contribution that that you can make. Uh, the the Molly five... cries three tiers on every episode. I do. It's true. I do. Uh, the five dollar tier is the little limber twig tier. Yeah. The the two the first two tiers are named after actual varieties of apples. Yep. Okay. And at the little limber twig level, the way it works is that you commit to donating uh, five dollars a month yep. to the show. Uh, it's this show, by the it's, way. Oh, yeah. To, to this, this show. This show, um, which is not on KUOW. That's right. Uh, because we, as we've already established, we're fiercely independent. Oh, right. Okay, so for that, you get a handwritten postcard written by me and or Molly. That's right. I'm actually writing one today. Okay. Yeah. To, to a person who just just now, upon hearing this message, donated. That's right. Right? So you get the postcard. And most important, I think, you get bonus episodes. Ooh, how does and that work? we have a back catalog now of like, I think about 30 bonus episodes mm-hmm. that uh, have never been aired on the main feed and probably never will be. Mm-hmm. And like we try, some of them are kind of like regular episodes, but most of them are much weirder than regular episodes. Yeah, we like to save our weirdest topics for bonus episodes. Yeah, so like we did one where where our children hosted the show. That's right. We, we I think we, didn't we taste condoms once? We tasted flavored condoms and lubes once. That's right. We have some fun ones coming We had one up. Where, where Molly taught me to drive and then we got onion rings, I think was the think same that's episode. Right. That's right. Anyway, these days we have a pretty, a, a pretty predictable bonus episode schedule. We have one that comes out every Halloween. Yep. We have one that comes out every Valentine's Day and one that comes out every 4th of July. And along with those, every time you get a newsletter written by me or Molly, we take turns. That's right. Because we were taught to take turns in preschool. Yep. The newsletter is like, you know, stuff we're into beyond now, but wow. Like we get producer Abby to tell us what she's into also. Upcoming episodes. So you'll know before before it even hits your feed. Like uh, just like random thoughts that we had. Mm-hmm. So that's what you get at the little limber twig level. So $5 a month. Yep. Okay, let's move up to $10 a month, which is the Magnum Bonum Sustaining Member level. Such a good name. Yeah. Which which is also, again, the uh, type of apple. Yeah. I mean, the sustaining member part probably isn't part of the Apple name, but I don't know. No. I'm not. I'm not a uh, pomologist. So at the uh, the Magnum Bonum sustaining member level, you contribute ten dollars a month, and you get all of the things we've already named, plus a piece of spilled milk merch. And that could be a T-shirt. It could be a mug. It could be a tote bag. I'm saying this as if I'm going to keep going, but it's going to be one of those three things because that's, right. that's all the all the merch that we make. That's right. And you also, of course, we haven't mentioned, but at every tier, you get our undying devotion. Oh yeah, and like I'm going to say it, love, love. You know what are the like the three kinds of of love in Greece? Oh, in Greek, uh, platonic love. Uh huh. Um, rom- romantic love. Yeah. Uh, filial love. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm just I'm coming up with these off the top of my head. I know that there's like eros, one. agape, and one other. Oh, sorry. But, but we're going to give you all of those. Oh, is what yes, I'm saying. Like in right. a big sloppy sandwich of love. Well, you know, maybe this is a good time to talk about what happens if people give us twenty dollars. Yes. Okay. So you get the postcard. 
the newsletter, the bonus episodes. And like if you like if you subscribe now, you get access to all of the past bonus episodes. You can download them all and keep them forever plus any future that, bonus and episodes. And that's at every level. Every level. Mm-hmm. The postcard, did we already say the postcard. We said the postcard. <laughs> and and the, the piece of merch. Yep. Wow. Okay. Uh, the love sandwich. Oh, the love sandwich. And at the $20 level, you all right, get. you get a care package from us. It's a one-time thing, so you, yep. you don't get it like every month or every year. It's just one time. But we, we send it We send it out in January to all new Glycine Max super members. And it is crammed with our favorite stuff. Yeah, and like I feel like these have these gotten edible, better and better. Stuffs. Like at first, the first time we were like, maybe we can come up with five things to put in there. I think it's been like ten things last okay. the last couple of years, and uh, so, we've been we've been really proud of the uh, the box of of weird goodies. Yeah. So uh, some of our our favorite. It's almost all entirely edible, right? Although yeah. Although no, often we we'll, include often our we'll favorite include, Japanese mechanical pencils. Yeah, some sometimes. Japanese stationery. Yep. Like some. Mints are mints edible? I guess they yeah, are. They <laughs> like are. they go down your your esophagus. Yes. So so yeah, you can uh, you can donate at whatever level feels right to you, and all of them are helpful to us. Yeah, and this is available anywhere in the world. You do not have to be located in the U.S. or any particular country. Anywhere with a uh, valid credit or debit card, you can donate. And to do that, you will go to spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we probably should have given the given the link earlier in the in the pitch, but that's okay. Yeah. Like, if you you know we we don't we don't want just anyone donating. I mean, literally, we do. Like, unless you're some sort of sort of garbage man, and yeah. I mean that like as a bad person, not not a like a, a you know waste disposal. No waste expert. waste uh, waste services workers are vital to our society's functioning. Thank you, Molly. Thank you for for having the the grace and the and the uh, the courage to say this. Matthew, what's that link again? It's spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your support. Your donations mean everything to us because it means that we don't need to think about anything when we do the show except – full stop. <laughs> we, we don't need to think about anything uh, except like, you know, what is going to be fun for our listeners. That's right. That's right. And it is truly a pleasure to make this show. So thank you for uh, – considering directly supporting the the podcast that you love. Yeah, and I'll say the thing that I feel like I say every year, which is that, like, we don't want to be first on your list of organizations to donate to. Like, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the top five would be great, but, like, you know... Are we like the neediest cause in the world? No, I would I would say no. But like we are an independent entertainment show that like strives to to do inclusive comedy that's that's also funny. You know, one other thing I wanted to say is the thing is is this show is always going to be free. We're yeah. never going to make people pay to listen to this show. So I mean, that's- we're, we're going to make our parents pay. Oh. Obviously, I mean we've already made we've them already pay. made them pay just like For all the antics like that we pulled years of listening to this show. Anyway, uh, oh, so- I was making my parents pay way before that. So thank you for listening. Thank you for helping make the show possible. Spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. And we now love you. Back to uh, yeah. Here's your here's your love sandwich. A sneak preview of the love sandwich. And now back to the lightning round. Ooh. 
Canzanella. I remember when this one came up in the conversation yesterday, and I was like, absolutely not. I don't want to do an episode on Panzanella. Right. All right. The reason I said I wanted this for the lightning round is because, and this is, is going to turn out to be not a good enough reason, there was a short time in the 2000s when Watzel and I would like make this fairly often. Oh, this was a 2000, yeah, early 2000s There was a particular thing. recipe. I don't remember where it came from. We do it like during tomato season. We would like make some, oh, yes. make some like, it, is it made with like toasted croutons or just stale bread or could it be either? I I, I think I feel like we toasted some bread. Uh, yeah, some, I definitely toasted bread. some bread with a little bit of olive oil. Yeah, we brought it to like a party once as as like our contribution. I, we gifted it. I had a recipe for a bread salad in my first book. Oh, of course. Which is so of the era, right? I mean, it, this is like a really, yeah, a really early aughts yeah, and food. it was really good. I don't see myself making it again. I think that tomatoes are a perfect thing for bread salad. Like, I mean, yes. well, fatouche is a kind of well, but that's, I know that, that's not that panzanella word, but I don't know what it is. I think of fatouche as being Abby. Maybe you know more about this than I do. I think of it as being a salad that has like flatbread almost oh. torn into it. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, is that right? But that's not panzanella, that's fatouche. Okay. So, like, if you were going to make a panzanella, so so this it's an Italian bread salad, usually with tomatoes, right? I mean, I think you could do a nice job doing, like, a caprese that has a bread component, like a big, chunky... <laughs> so, so like, a caprese, but with some slices of bread in no, there No, no. When I make caprese, I, I like, kind of chunk, chunk it my up. tomatoes and I tear my mozzarella into kind of chunks. Oh. And I, I know tear my basil. Chunky stuff is a big thing chunky in your family. Chunky stuff. Chunky stuff. Talking about that chunky stuff. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you could tear or you could put some like toasted chunks of bread in there and then you wouldn't have to have like bread on the side to sop up your caprese juices. That sounds great. Will you cue me up for crispy boys in one of the remaining segments? I'll, I'll do my okay. best. Yeah. Yeah, I like how, how like, you know, the point is for the bread to get kind of soaked in the tomato juices, yes, right? That's and right. like if you got fresh mozzarella, the like the, the cheese, the, the the weepy cheese juices too. Yeah, and the olive oil. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but in general, I, I don't, I, this isn't something I think to eat often. Yeah, it's well. I mean, it's something I haven't thought about until Abby said you have this. You have this salad on on the list that you haven't made since two thousand three. Um, oh yes. my god! Oh, did Abby just speed this one up? Could be. We'll never know. Oh, yes. chicken skin. You know, the best part about chicken skin is when you catch it, like just at that moment when it's crispy. Like 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 you're running after it. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you like crispy chicken skin? Yeah, of course I do. Everyone likes crispy chicken. Do you have skin. any sort of song about crispy foods? Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really. It's great. Wow, I, I, I mean, teed you to, up beautifully. To, to be fair, and you absolutely like, did not. It notice. was it was like a whole like forty eight seconds ago when <laughs> yeah. I asked you to cue me up for this song. Yeah, okay. And so like, who can blame me for okay. forgetting? Go on. So yes, like when we when we when I'm enjoying a crispy food at home or out in the world. I will often sing a little song that goes like this. Crispy boys are my only joys, so try these crispy boys. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, and <laughs> chicken skin is definitely one of those. I okay. do find that, like, the way I cook chicken, like, I don't often, like, produce a crispy skin. I don't skin. either. One exception is there's this uh, – sometimes I will make chicken teriyaki at home. 
and oh. I will I will like broil chicken thighs so you get some crispy skin and then it's kind of tricky. I want to slice them into slices, but like not lose the skin or have it all come off in one piece, mm-hmm. which uh, which is pretty challenging. But most of the time I'm up to the challenge and then and then like drizzle some teriyaki sauce over that. So it's, it's just oh. a wonderful combination of textures. I feel like you and I, I mean, we're terrible. Uh, just full stop. We're terrible. terrible. No, but uh, you and I are both of, of somewhat Jewish extraction. Yeah. And um, I know that I should have like what is the word? Schmaltz. In, no, that's chicken oh, fat. Oh, gribbonous. Gribbonous. I always think gribbinis. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't really. Oh, I, I, boss, give me those gribbinis. <laughs> but anyway, so I got, what is that? I got shoes. That's like... <laughs> I got shoes to put on baby feet. I need those grabinis. Hold on, Matthew. <laughs> Just a minute. So, so like, is this? So these are. This is like bits of crispy chicken skin. Yeah, or and, or is it like cracklings? Oh, is it? But oh, is that maybe it's cracklings. Different? Oh my god, our listeners are hating us right now. Every one of our listeners knows more about this than we do. Oh, can we call like first of all? Okay, remember recently we said um, <laughs> that I said that we were I was going to call our listeners lilies, and you hated it because it stood for uh, <laughs> listener. I'd like to yum. <laughs> And then someone emailed me and identified themselves as a lily, and I was so happy. But maybe we could call our listeners Grabinis. <laughs> like a singular Grabini. Oh, our listeners are so tasty and crispy and oh, yeah, fatty. Our listeners are crispy boys in like a non- yeah. non-gendered way. That's right. And I mean fatty in a neutral way. Yes. Like just a delicious way. No, I would like to yum these listeners. Yeah. Okay, great. Kinder egg. Oh, Kinder Eggs. These are illegal in the States. Yes. Okay, let's let's broaden the topic to illegal foods. <laughs> oh, Matthew, wait like, a minute. Like raw milk cheeses age under 60 days or Szechuan whatever it is. Szechuan peppercorns until recently. Until until like 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. whoops. Um, <laughs> Tonka okay. beans. Tonka beans. Tonka beans. Tonka beans. <laughs> Um, Kinder Eggs are a Canadian. Wow, we're doing a lot of Canadian delicacies. Yeah, I like this. Um, two so far. <laughs> they're they're a uh, a chocolate egg made with uh, very milky, not very good chocolate. Yep. And they have a plastic egg inside that contains a toy, usually that you assemble yourself. And it's like not a very good toy. Like, I mean, do you remember the Happy Meals of your youth? Like the toys yeah. from that, they were often related to like a movie that was out or something like that. And they were, I felt yeah, that they were actually. Yeah, a movie like, like um, The French Connection. Exactly, or... <laughs> like that. Like, or My Left Foot. <laughs> my Left Foot. I loved it. The My Left Foot Happy Meal toys, like so moving. <laughs> <laughs> But but you so know, now you, you, know you like open the favorite yeah. Happy Meal toy is the cement garden. <laughs> was so wait was was there like a like a like a cement pool and you could like pull a body out of it or something? Yeah, there was there was a dead dad. Sure, <laughs> and, and it came with a little sheet of cement, and you could press his body into the cement. Kids have to learn about these things sooner or later. And there was also a locker with a body in it. Wow. I, I'm glad I remembered something about this movie. Of, they fit all of it in the Happy Meal. Well, but it's like a series of toys. You didn't get all of those in the same Happy Meal. You'd have to, like, collect them You'd all. you like, oh, yeah. Like, I got the locker with the dead mom in it. Yeah, mom, can we go back to McDonald's? Like, I, I want to get the dead mom locker. <laughs> 
Do you remember what the actual topic was? Because of Kinder Eggs. <laughs> like, but the toys in Kinder Eggs are so shitty. They're really shitty. Sometimes you get one that doesn't need to be assembled, and that is just not fair. I do like the ones that come in like 17 flimsy plastic pieces. I want to assemble the toy, feel like I've accomplished something, and then throw it away. <laughs> Did you ever, when they back when they were doing the My Left Foot Happy Meal toys, did you ever get a right foot and feel really cheated? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what other movies did okay. they make Happy Meals? Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, I loved that one. I loved it when I got my tiny little yep. like masquerade ball mask. Yep. Or my Venetian ball mask or whatever. And then just, just one of Nicole Kidman's breasts. <laughs> Is that what I haven't seen the movie? Oh yeah, there's like full nudity in there. But just one, but just like no, like, no. I'm just I want re- that's what I want. I want full frontal nudity, but just like like split like halfway down the middle and like clothed on the left half and nude on the right. Okay, half. all right, we have one left. Oh, we're out of. Oh, I missed the buzzer because I got so excited talking about this semi nudity. I'm really glad we didn't have Kinder Eggs. That's a real topic. <laughs> Wow, can you imagine what that show would have been like if we tried to do a whole episode on Ginder X? Paella. Okay, paella. I've never eaten it. I've never cooked it. You've never eaten paella? I've never eaten Interesting. paella, but uh, paella, I think, is another thing that, like, you know, you register for a giant paella pan. You sure do. And you never use yeah, it. Yeah, like 24 inches, maybe like 47 mm-hmm. and inches. And you're like, I'm going to be, in my married life, I am going to throw paella parties. Right. So, I, yeah, we registered for like a, a, a giant TV, like like 84 inches and a paella pan <laughs> of the same size. Neither of those things is true. <laughs> okay, um, go on. I <sighs> went to a paella party recently. Uh, it never occurs to me to make paella or want to eat it or so throw a party I, it. was very tasty. It. Like, I, I'm not going to make it. I've also, I have some paella memory lane. I went to a paella party recently uh, thrown by a friend of the show, Becky Selingut. Oh, there, wow. there were a couple of different, like a chicken paella and a seafood paella. Wow, if anybody can make a good paella, it's friend of the show, Becky Selingut. You're correct. I got to take home leftover paella and eat it for lunch like the next couple of days. Wow. And one time, I went to the Worlds of Flavor conference. Wow. (laughs) This is what you get to do when you're a professional food writer. Yeah, which I was for some time, which was held at uh, the Culinary Institute of America in Napa Valley. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, the theme. Greystone. Yes, yes. Yeah, I I always want to say Greystoke, like the legend of Tarzan, right? What 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 were you thinking it might be instead of Greystone? Well, f- I thought the CIA at Greystone, and then I had to remember that the Culinary Institute is the CIA. Yeah, and it was Spanish food themed, like some famous Spanish chefs were there, and there was like a paella day where we got to eat like a real big-ass paella prepared by real Spanish chefs, and mm. it was very good. That That's sounds my review. great. That's so if great. you if you can make it to Napa Valley in in the year like 2002, I think you'll enjoy this paella. I'm gonna. Oh my god! Never mind. We're gonna cut this part. <laughs> All right, new topic. Let's do another. No, one. we're done. God, <laughs> we can't. We can't end on that one. We gotta <sighs> like we want. We're asking people for money halfway through this. We gotta like end with a bang. Okay. Capers. capers. Oh, I'm ready okay. for this. I'm ready for yeah. this. So, uh, capers. I, I don't like them very much. All right. <laughs> capers. All right. Uh, I don't like them very much. The the food. <laughs> but 
like a, a caper, like a heist. Yes. I love. I know. You are really, you love action movies. You are one of Ocean's Eleven. I, that's right. I was like, I was one of the lesser. So, so I was you not. Were, you were Brad Pitt's like little brother. I didn't make the cut for Ocean's Eleven, but if you watch Ocean's 13, I'm like number 12 and a half down there. <laughs> yeah. But okay. But back to capers. Do you remember when uh, salt pack capers were like kind of like the new big thing? I, like, like you, you, if you were going to get capers you had to get salt pack capers like none of this like brined caper yes i actually do remember this and it was fine i think i made a few things (laughs) with capers and figured out chicken piccata that capers are fine yeah, they I mean, are fine. I do think that in something like chicken piccata, it's nice. At Delancey earlier this year, there was a kale salad that had um, some capers like blended into whatever the dressing was. Oh, I didn't even know you could blend a caper. I I, I guess so. Anyway, it, it was quite delicious, but it was like I don't like just biting down on a caper. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of it's like a textural thing, and also like you just like get such a hit of flavor, which I assume is what people look for in a caper. Mm-hmm. What I look for in a caper is action like uh like j-lo and george clooney and out of sight yeah um Um, i'm always looking for how's a heist different from a caper i was i was kind of wondering the same thing i feel like like a hype uh, a hype a caper is is kind of like a heist that's uh a little wacky Mm, you know what's not wacky? The movie Sexy Beast. Oh. God, talk it's about it. It's kind of wacky. I it mean, is, it's, it is it's scary okay. also, but it it's kind of wacky. It's kind of psychologically wacky. Are you going to do the thing where where uh, where uh, Ben Kingsley says no a bunch of times? No. No, 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 no. Like, oh my God. I thought you were. Yeah, no, it's so good. That movie's very good, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the best. Anyway, if you haven't seen Sexy Beast, everybody, it's a really good heist movie. I don't know if I'd call it a caper movie. It feels like, you know, based on watching heist movies, sooner or later, someone is going to come to me and ask me to participate in a heist, and I gotta say yes. But I think, I think you're a little... You run a little too anxious to participate in a heist. But there's there's always one like, anxious guy. You'd be like standing in the background, like wringing your hands. But but you you need me because like I'm gonna be the one that like you know guys the cops are coming like and I'm the only one who noticed because like my eyes were like, blah, 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 like yes. Oh, All God. right, that was our lightning round show, and I loved it. <laughs> me too. okay you you love it like you love a good gravy yeah good Um, gravy okay well thank you so much for supporting us we really appreciate your contributions we couldn't and wouldn't do the show without them we love all of you whatever whatever you call yourselves these days gribbinies gribbinies lilies lilies listeners yep um um, milkies 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 Happy meals. Spillers. Spill. Spillies. <laughs> okay. Mickey, Mickey Spillanes. Oh, my God. Okay, let's go. Our producer is Abby Circatella, who's yeah, sitting who's literally, literally, right literally across here. the room from us. And uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com. You can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners on our subreddit. That is reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yep. We don't have any segments this week because it's a very special episode. It is. It's very, it's, it's a V. It's a V-S-E. S-E. That's mm-hmm. right. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Wow. I left it all on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I left you, it all on the floor. Are you already <laughs> torn? <laughs> are you all out of faith? Is this how you feel? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm wide awake and... You can see the perfect sky is torn? Yes. <laughs> I'm Matthew Esther Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. All right. I don't want to take my shoes off. Okay. It's too much work. <sighs> Only three left. Pass. No. <laughs> oh! Oh my God. I think we only have two left. Two left. Thank goodness. I love this. Can we just do this every week? I know Molly hates it. Yeah. Will Abby come over and hold our hands every week while we do this? Oh yeah. I forgot. I find this much harder. Okay. Last one, guys. Okay. Oh no. Pass. I'm going to pass on this one.